Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of Ask the Planner. Now, if you're thinking that this does not sound like Desiree, well, you're right, it's not. My name is Allie and I am joined by Riley. And today we are the guest co-host for Ask the Planner. So this is a big episode. This is the 100th episode of Ask the Planner and we're excited to be going behind the scenes for a Wedding Planner Tells All special edition today with Desiree. Yay! Yay! listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verve Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. I am so excited, but before we start any episode, we definitely need to do some introductions. So let's start with Riley, and then we can go with Allie on who you guys are. Cool. Hi, so my name is Riley, and I've been with Verve since 2019. I started helping Desiree with day of event work, and then after I had my baby in June of 2022, she was kind enough to bring me on as a part-time event associate, which I love. My experience working with Verb has been great, and we have an amazing team, which I love as well. I've made some great friends. And yeah, so now I handle a lot of the day-to-day work on the back end of things with Desiree and Allie, as well as help with setup decor for day of events, and I love it. Yay! Yay! We love it. So I'm Allie. I have been with Verve since November of 2021, so just about a year and a half. I started off with an internship as an events and marketing intern. I helped Desiree with a lot and learned so much. So then I got brought on part-time as an events and marketing associate. So right now I really work with a lot of the vendors and client for communication regarding contracts, quotes, scheduling, production documents, all of that. And then I also help with some marketing things like newsletters, blogs, social media, all of that fun stuff. So I'm so excited to be on. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm so excited, guys. I love having you guys on the team. I feel like I love our team so much, and it's definitely time that more people meet you guys. So I'm glad for Yay. this. Love it. Okay, Riley, you want to take it away? Sure. So the first question we have, I know that you like to have us introduce ourselves, but why don't we take a minute for you to tell us about your background and how you got started? Okay, so this is a long story. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. So... In college, I did events, and I didn't really think it was going to be a career. I was mm-hmm. like, this is just, I just loved it, and it was just fun for me. I thought I wanted to do PR. I had a horrible first job in PR. It was like the Devil Wears Prada, but in PR, and they were not nice. So I decided to leave after like three months, which is not like me at all. And then I was like in this very depressed crap. What am I going to do? I thought I had had it all figured out. And then I thought, well, what did I do? What other transferable skills or experiences do I have? And so I realized I did a lot of events. So my first job was this really sexy annual meeting for the American Political Science Association of America. And it was 7,000 political scientists. And it was like a giant conference. And we, you know, it was like, we would travel to Chicago and different cities, which was kind of cool. And that's when I first got experience in events on a larger scale. I loved it because it was lots of organization and spreadsheets and like all that stuff. And then it wasn't as creative because you guys know I love the decor and the Mm -hmm. design. And so I thought I needed to switch to something else. So then I went to the American Heart Association and I worked on a fundraising gala. It was a three-day wine tasting and auction. And I loved it because it was more special events focused. So there was design, there was decor, there were spreadsheets, there was everything and I was living like my foodie life heaven because we would have these chefs come from all over the country and it was so amazing and like the wine was thousand dollar bottles of wine it was ridiculous Mm -hmm. nothing I could afford but you know after a while there I wanted to move up and I couldn't move up because you had to do fundraising so then I went to a consulting firm and that's where I really focused on the special events where we did the galas the fundraisers and really like the decor and production and the design aspect which I loved and then I had a baby and I was like I am burned out so I took time off 
we decided to move back to, so this was in Washington, D.C. I lived in D.C. for like 10 years almost. And then we moved to Rochester, New York, where we are now. We had our first child, and then after I had my second child, I was really itching to do something else because I just missed using that side of my brain. I missed working with vendors. I missed having clients that, you know, appreciated what I did, and I wasn't covered in spit-up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I decided to start my company. I joke because I feel like my son slept for six hours straight, and I was like, I can do anything now because I got a full, full night's rest. And that's when I started, and that was in 2017. And then... Here we are today. Wow. I love it. (laughs) That's amazing. So cool. Okay, so basically for this interview, me and Riley wanted to have some fun. So we're going to ask you some crazy questions and just, you know, spill the tea, tell it all. We have some fun stories, I'm sure. So the first question I have for you is what is the worst thing that has ever happened at a wedding that you have been a part of? So this is, yeah, we're just going right to it. I love it. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything terrible, well, which we'll actually we'll get to probably those stories later on. I think the worst thing that I've witnessed was at my husband's cousin's wedding. There was a DJ, love DJs, mm-hmm. but my husband's grandmother was dancing with the DJ and he spun her. He like twirled her and then twirled her, I think, too forcefully, and she kind of, like, kept twirling and fell and broke her wrist. So oh Grandma God. had to go to the hospital from the wedding. This has happened a lot at, like, my husband's family's wedding. Like, somebody else broke so, her like, hip. What, what's the tea here? Did they sue somebody? <laughs> well, there's, like, three physicians in their room. There's, like, a lot of doctors. So I, definitely, like, I think his dad went to the hospital with her. It definitely put a damper, and I felt so bad for the bride because I was like, this is not your fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely caution, you know, if you have people that are elderly and excitable, like, just... Keep an eye on them. And I don't know if yeah. the DJ should be dancing. <laughs> I was going to say, no. that also <laughs> seems like, you know. Yeah, most of our DJs don't. They just right. stay behind the table and they do their job. I don't know why he was doing that. Oh, also, I was also at another wedding. This one I was in. And this was my friend's wedding. And this was back in the day. I'm totally dating myself. Flash mobs were in. Do you guys know what flash I mobs know are? What flash okay. mob is. Have you ever seen Friends with Benefits? <laughs> <laughs> flash mob at the end. Do you know what I'm no. talking about? It's the best movie. Wait, we're gonna have to come back to that because there's one version of that that storyline I like, the one with Justin Timberlake. But there's another one. Is that the one with Justin Timberlake? Yeah, Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. Oh, okay, because I, I think he's hilarious that in that movie. But anyways, so my friends were like, Desiree, we want to do a flash mob at Catherine's wedding. Can you please? choreographed this because I used to be a dancer and I was like okay fine so I did the whole dance I like sent them videos they all had to learn it then we practiced it like the day before the wedding and then the DJ because you know flash mobs a surprise Mm -hmm. so like we know when the song is supposed to be coming up and then the DJ goes and then guys the bride's friends have a surprise and I was like Mother ever! Oh, I was so angry. I was like, that's not how you do a flash mob. But anyways, there are good DJs and there are bad DJs. Oh my gosh. So our next question is similar to the last one. The last one was, what was your worst story? Now, what's the weirdest thing that ever happened to you at a wedding? The first thing that comes to my mind is kind of awkward, but I think it just shows that you just have no idea what to expect to, at a wedding. So this was a couple of years ago. I had a bride text me and say, any laundering? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she was like, well, I just have some things that need to be washed. And I was wondering if you could help. But if you don't do that thing, like, it's totally fine. And I was like, what is she trying to get at? So she needed her underwear laundered. And so I was like, sure. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened. I didn't want to leave her high and dry. And right. so she was like, you know, the groom knows what's going on. It's in their room. It's hanging in the closet. I really, really appreciate it. And I was like, it's fine. So her I went. underwear were hanging in the closet? She had already hand washed them. So I think she just wanted like a real wash. And so they were nicely hung on the hanger. I went into their closet. There was already like a garment bag there. So I grabbed the hanger, put the hanger, because I'm not going to walk in the hallway right. with 
Oh my goodness. With the underwear. So then I put the hanger in the garment bag. Obviously, I talked to the venue and I was like, hey, where can I go do this? I probably would have walked in the hallway with the underwear in Desiree. <laughs> I would have had, like, Riley. Riley! What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and so she showed me where the laundry was. So I went, like, behind in, like, the corridors. There was a guy folding, like, the towels. And oh I was like, gosh. hey, just throwing something in there. Don't worry about it. I'll be right back. And so threw them in, you know, put some soap in there. I feel like I threw some towels in there because I was worried that they were going to get ruined. Right. And then came back, moved them up to the dryer, you know, did the whole thing, came back, put them back in her closet, and she had some fresh underwear. But, oh, I mean, normally, God. like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But I don't want to leave her high and dry. And then I'm not going to be like, hey, venue, can you take care of this? So right. I did it. So You should just keep some, like... Wedding underwear oh, in right. your suitcase. We should add it to the supply oh, we, kit. We should add it to the supply kit. And then we'll have to add, like, I do have socks. Five bucks or whatever. <laughs> I do have socks. So I have, like, a pair of black socks and brown socks in case yeah. the guys forget. But, like, yeah, maybe we'll put some, like, what are they called? Like, like Tommy, Tommy John's. Control. Yes. <laughs> or little Spanx. Little Spanx. Yeah. Okay. You know, that they can wear with their dress. Right. dresses are I mean, it gets shady yeah. when you need to wear underwear with your wedding No, for dress. sure. Yeah, we should definitely think about this. That's I think it's a good great idea. idea. Because you don't want to leave them, you know, yeah. without anything. So. Well, that's definitely an interesting story. <laughs> you would not expect to do that. And I did not tell you guys about it. It was good. Yeah, yeah I had no idea. <laughs> I heard about this a long time after. All right, moving on. Next question. This one can get a little dicey. I'm very interested. Have you ever had to fire a vendor or even part ways with a client? I have not yet had to fire a vendor. I do have to, like, break up with vendors, which is more like they submit a proposal, we meet with them, and then I have to tell them, no, sorry, which I hate doing. And so that's why I try to be very respectful of their time. With a client, luckily, we've always had very, very good clients. I did have one a couple years back where I had worked with her, the mother of the bride, on her brother's wedding. And so then I, it was the sister's turn to get married, and so I was working with them. It was challenging because I felt like the mother of the bride really just wanted, one, an assistant to just, like, do everything that she wanted to do. And she wasn't really, like, following our processes, which was making me me very concerned about the day of execution and like you guys my team having to execute but she's not looping us into the conversations and so I was it was like a 45 minute breakup and it was terrible and it was like I hate breakups like it was like long and drawn out and then she also just didn't want to pay us like working with difficult clients sometimes you just have to get through it then with a, coupled with the fact that she basically was going back and was like, no, actually, don't, I don't want to pay you for, you know, managing this person and managing this person. I can manage them because I have a relationship with them. It's not how it works because mm-hmm. I want you to be able to enjoy the wedding day. And when you are not looping us into those conversations, we're not able to do our job properly. And again, I was just worried about you guys being behind the eight ball and it being a giant mess. And also, like, that's our work product. I don't want people to see us in that light if things don't go well because we're not following our processes. Mm -hmm. So it was like, she was like, so do you not want to work with us? And I said, no, I do, but it has to be following our procedures and processes, which I don't think align with how you want to handle it, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I just feel like you need to find somebody else that's going to be a better fit for you. And it was six months away from the wedding, so I felt like there was enough time to get somebody ramped up, but not enough, not so close to the wedding that it was like, crap. Like, we just have to get through this. Yeah. Do you like, you might not want this in the podcast, but do we, like, do you refund the client when you break up with them? So this is a good thing for vendors to think about too. And also like couples when they're working with vendors. So before the pandemic, the way we structured our payments was we got 50% down at the beginning and then the rest before the wedding day because we don't know necessarily the scope of the work. So once we figure everything out, then we can, Mm -hmm. you know, do all that billing. When the pandemic hit and everything had to be stopped or paused or whatever, and then I was like, well, I got paid for a little bit, but, like, now we're doing all this work, and then we're going to move everything to another year, but we're still doing work, Mm -hmm. and we're not getting paid for that. 
So we changed our payment plan to be because because like as the planner, I feel like we're doing work for two freaking years yeah. or 18 months or like mm-hmm. the whole entire time. And so I thought it was more fair for us to get paid as we're continuing to work. So luckily with that client, it worked out really well because she had just finished her like mid you know, mid-year payment. Mm, And so we had gotten paid for what the work that we had done. And so I felt good. But like, I think at that point, I was so not in a good place mentally. And I felt like it was keeping me from my other clients and not performing well. So I was like, even if I lose a little bit of money on this, like, I think it would just be better in the long run for the company for us to part ways as opposed to like, this client draining me and keeping me from like everything else. And at that point, traveling was involved. Yeah. Yeah. It was a challenging one. That was definitely a challenging one. I literally don't even know how I must we would say, have. though, I was looking forward to the destination. Of that <laughs> I, mean, I was, too. I was like, doesn't matter what happened. But I then know. I got pregnant and had Emma. So, <laughs> so it worked out. It made sense. It definitely makes sense. And I think the because I made really good relationships with some of the vendors. And then one of them was like, I really think that you dodged a bullet on that one. I think she had a different planner. You know, she stuck mm-hmm. it out. But she was like, I think that planner was also having challenges. So I think like in the long run, it's really hard when you're in it to look at things from a logical perspective because you're just impractical because you're just feeling all the emotions. Mm -hmm. But I think once you take a step back, you realize it was probably for the best. But you know, you learn and that's luckily the only one we've had to deal with. No, was your husband, was he like involved in making you make that decision? He was very much like, are you sure you want to walk away from this wedding? Like there's money, there's this, like you could, you know, you could definitely, I think this wedding would be good for networking and for good for other weddings also potentially. And I said, I get that, but at what cost? Mm -hmm. There's the money that they, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to pay us for our work, but also like my team, I care about you guys. And I just, I was really concerned that we were going to be crying at the end and like you guys would never come work with oh, me again. No. Oh no. Well, we're thankful that you decided to go a different direction with that one. Yeah. Okay. So Allie and I could probably help you answer this one, but. Do you have any day of obstacles that stand out to you that we've had to overcome as a team? So the first one, because obviously there's always going to be challenges that happen. And even as I say that, there's like more that come, keep coming to my mind. So the first one that I think of is like a couple of years ago, we had a wedding where I know that the cake baker dropped off like all of the mini desserts. And so we're setting up the mini desserts and we're missing some cake truffles and we spent like two hours I looked and I was like guys I was like I can't find the cake truffles and please go find them I know that they were delivered and so I know it wasn't you guys and I know I asked somebody else like please go look in the office go look in the cooler like I know they're here and I remember someone saying on the radio well it is what it is (laughs) and I was like no. The couple paid for these. I know they were delivered. We can't just give up. Like, that's not acceptable. So and I, one thing one thing about Desiree is on the day of, like, Riley and I know this. Like, we don't say that to Desiree. Like, we're no. going to figure it out. Or we're going to try to figure it out before we have to go to her. Like, we're going to figure it out. We whisper amongst we that day. Because <laughs> Desiree is all business. All business. <laughs> And so I think the problem was they didn't know what to look for because I think they were like a lime. There were some flavor. And what we saw was a chocolate. I think they were looking at like the sign. The sign didn't match what they actually looked like. So in the end, we found them. But I was just like, guys, Where we were can't. they? They were in the office. We were looking right at them. We just didn't know that that's what it was. But it was a dessert. It was, but they were cake truffles, but they weren't. They were like a f- fruity flavor. Yeah, they didn't. So look they were right. looking for like green cake truffles, but they were actually covered in chocolate. There was green on the inside uh, or something like that. It was the flavor. So like so, they were in the midst yes. with all the other spirits. And I love yes. these stories. Like I know you have probably another one. I love these stories though because the client never knows about any of this, yes. and we're just behind the scenes like trying to like mm-hmm. figure everything out. The one. So there's another one that I feel like we have PTSD over was the candle wax. Yep. Which we talked about last year. I think I talked about it on a previous episode. Oh my which goodness. was, we, we've learned, obviously, and we, we've learned many things from that experience. That one was, we had these really cool but new 
candlestick taper holders. So they weren't the normal like gold or glass or whatever. They were fancy candlestick holders. And one vendor was providing those. The other vendor was providing the candlesticks. We've never had this problem before, but the candlesticks don't fit into the taper holders. So problem was the candlesticks were a little bit on the tall side and the bowl where the candlesticks were going in was a little bit on the shallow side. So the candlesticks just kept falling over. It was in a tent. And so even if the candlestick didn't fall over, all of the wax was dripping and that bride had opted not to get hurricanes. And so we learned from that Because the candles basically almost ruined the linens. They were falling over. It was like a fire hazard. We got museum wax from that. We got Gorilla Glue, hot glue gun from that. We've learned, guys. Mm -hmm. We also now just don't allow no hurricanes because it just... But the potential for ruining your linens is not worth it because then they had to... I actually, like, I don't even think that their linens were ruined because of the candlesticks. Somehow their linens got super, super wet. I think because people were drinking a lot, which is fine. But I think they also, like, the linens didn't get time to air out. And mm-hmm. so there was potential damage on the linens. That one, I mean, it was... We prepared so much, I think, for that wedding, and I felt so good going into that wedding. And then this happened. So it's a good thing that we prepared a lot because we had a lot of time to devote to this candle wax candlestick issue. And when there's, like, how many candles do you think there was? Like, over 100. Oh, yeah. And we're just trying to run around to every single one and glue it into the holder. And it's, like, an hour before everybody's about to come in. They're falling over. Like, I have anxiety talking about it right now. (laughs) But we learned a lot. We did. We learned. And the couple didn't know anything. Right. So. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But it was a struggle to get there. And we still have PTSD over it. (laughs) Do you think that you should explain what a hurricane is? Oh, that's a good point. A lot of times when you see on Pinterest and you see a pretty table, you see the tall candlestick. There's nothing around it. So a hurricane is basically a tall glass cylinder that goes around it, which really, really protects the candle and the flame. Because no matter what it says, all candles will drip. Even if it says it's a dripless candle, it's still going to drip because that's just the nature of, of wax. So even if there's air conditioning, a slight breeze, it just happens. So we now just always put the hurricane around the candlestick and it really protects the candle from dripping wax all over your linens and then them getting damaged. But then also like if they get onto the table, the tables can get damaged. And then also now sometimes you put a little clear acrylic round cylinder dish It's like a little plate that goes underneath the candles also just to, again, help protect the linens because you don't want to pay for damaged linens because they are freaking expensive. Everything with linens, I feel like, is expensive. Everything with linens. Shipping, all the things. Linens are much more expensive than you would ever imagine. And I think a lot of people don't realize the work that goes into the linens. Like, even my sister-in-law was like, should I do... Paper napkins or linen napkins. And, of course, I was like, well, linen napkins are the best, but somebody has to count them. I mean, you have 200 guests. Someone's going to get drunk. They're going to come up missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and if they come wrinkled, somebody should steam them. Yeah. And how are they going to get folded? Because some venues yes. will fold them, but we are particular about our folds, so we fold all We like to have yeah. fun with the folds. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Love that. So many stories that we could tell. You keep going. So, (laughs) switching gears a little bit to the more business side of things, Desiree, what is a mistake you made as a business owner when you first started out? I think this is a good question. I have two things for this. The short one was basing my pricing off of my competitors or like what I saw other people doing. You know, when I first started out, I had no idea how to price my services. And I think that stuff, it comes with time and understanding. Like now we always track our time so we know how much time we're spending on our clients. But in the beginning, I had no idea and I didn't have a basis for it. So the mistake with that, I think, is that you don't know what other businesses business models are. So if someone, you know, someone down the street is charging whatever 5,000 and you feel like okay, they're charging 5,000, so we'll charge 5,000. You have no idea if they're actually making money, if they're like if their business is flush with cash, if they're in debt because like you don't know. So I think after, you know, doing a couple weddings and then thinking about how much time we're spending in it and then I kind of rethought it and I 
like listened to podcasts and got some more training. I was like, okay, no, we're going to do it a different way. So I think basing your pricing off of others is just not a good idea. Plus, if you're trying to just undercut other people or like, oh, I'm just going to charge like a little bit less. If it's a race to the bottom, then nobody wins. I feel like people should, if people are charging what they should be charging, then couples are going to be choosing us based on not how much we charge, but because they, you know, they like what we do. They, uh, you know, our style is aligned with what they're looking for. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, so I think that's one. And then the other one that I learned a little bit later on was just not knowing my numbers and my accounting. And so I think, like, I read the book. If you're a business owner, guys, or even if you're not, and I, I feel like I need to give this book to you guys. I just love it. It's called Profit First, and it really taught me how to separate out our money so that we were always one, making money, not like we were ever, but one, we have enough money set aside for our expenses, especially like, during the pandemic when you're like, oh, crap all of our weddings have just disappeared and now we don't have money to pay people having so now I have separate accounts one is for operating expenses so everything that we have to pay for stuff comes out of that one is another account that I put money in for taxes one is for I think just like a profit account that so we always have like it's a rainy day fund and then you know our compensation so now we always so I Whenever new money comes in, it comes into an income account, and then it gets dispersed into the other account. So there's always money in each one. So then I'm not <laughs> spending money on supplies I really think that we need. And then I'm like, oh, wait, actually, we need that to pay for mm-hmm. employee salaries or something like that. Yeah. So that was a good one. But, guys, profit first. We'll link to it. It's changed my life. What are your goals for this podcast? So many goals. Okay, so short-term I would love to reach 100,000 downloads, and we're almost there. We're at, like, 70,000 downloads just last I checked, which I think is huge. And then I would love to get to 100 reviews. We're up to now 78. So, guys, thank you so much for all of you that left a five-star review. Please keep leaving them. And if you have any feedback, please leave that in your Apple Podcast review. But, yeah, getting to 100 reviews would be awesome. And I know we're going to get there. Yay. Yay. We will. Okay, next question. Who are some dream people that you want to have on the podcast? Who's your dream guest? Right now, I really, really want to have Daniela and Pasha from Dancing with the Stars come on the show because, guys, if you don't follow them, they have an Instagram account called Wedding Dance School, I believe. So they're dancers from Dancing with the Stars, obviously, and I was a dancer, and I just think it's amazing. But they teach couples how to dance for their first dance. And I just feel like it would just be so much fun. Who has been your favorite guest so far on the podcast? Okay, so I really loved having Clint Tuft on the podcast. And if you're a new listener, he was way back, I think, in season two. But he was an officiant. He one had just a really good voice to listen to. Two, he was the officiant at the first wedding of the Bachelor franchise. And so he does celebrity, he's an officiant at celebrity weddings. Three, he just had so much information for people when they're writing their vows, how to put together a ceremony. And it, I think it was, it was one of the most downloaded episodes of that season. So I know people liked it. So that was really cool just because he's like around celebrities. I also love Sarah Margolis, who was recent, more recent on the podcast because she was from Honey Fund. You know, I knew of Honey Fund because it's a cash registry app and website, but I think it's just really cool how she talked about how it's really important to take a honeymoon and just to travel with your spouse because having that quality time with your partner means a lot for the success of your marriage and the longevity, which I think was really cool. And then more recently, I just loved having Jim, Dr. Gleason, on the podcast to talk about Invisalign. One, because it was really fun. Two, I had one of the listeners comment, and she was like, I just love listening to it because it was just fun. And she was like, I just want to get Invisalign now from him. So I just, I feel like, you know, people, even though it was kind of not super related to weddings, but still relevant. And I just, I like having different conversations that are related to the wedding space that you might not be thinking of. So those were just fun. But like everyone that I've had has been so amazing. So I feel bad even just like saying a couple Mm -hmm. of them. But that's fun. There's a good variety. Yeah. Okay, next question. What is a dream of yours that no one knows about? I'm, like, so interested to see what this is going to be. You guys are going to laugh. Okay, so, well, one, it used to be when I was a kid to be a hair model because I love my hair, and it's, like, my one vanity, but that's that ship has sailed because now I'm going gray. Oh, my so, gosh. So now I'm too old for that. 
two, I would love to go on Dancing with the Stars just because it would just be like, I'm not good enough for So You Can Think You Can Dance. I'm probably not good enough for Dancing with the Stars anymore. But I just feel like it would just be so much fun to just go and dance for like two months. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't see my kids, but now they're getting older. I think it would be okay. I just, I loved, like you guys know, I love dancing. You're so independent. (laughs) Like, well, my kids are six and eight now. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. And they're not newborns. I, I like did not leave my daughter's side the first year. Yeah. It was, we never had a babysitter. So (laughs) I definitely went through that. But I just, I think it would be just so much fun just to go and dance. I feel like there was another one, too. There's another show with parents dancing with their kids. My daughter's not quite there yet, so. (laughs) She had her first dance competition last weekend, which was giving me all the feels. But anyways, and then my other dream, what I think would still be really cool, but I think would be super, super hard, would be to launch some kind of fun beverage that brides and grooms would love. Because I love, like, to me, the start of summer is when I get to drink my Babe Rosé because it's fun it's in a can it's just like tastes like summer to me and I but obviously there's a lot of canned cocktails already but something fun like that would just be super fun and very on brand I think for us like an aesthetically pleasing packaging (gasps) and it's like a whole vibe nobody better steal this champagne ones I mean there's I do love a cut water but I can only have like one cut water because otherwise it's like vintage Desiree and we that's for another podcast Mm. but just something fun that you can go out on the lake with, that you can bring with you guys on your, like, bachelorette party. Yes. Low calories. Like, so it's light and, like, you I know. don't know if you can do this, but if it has <laughs> some sort of deep low formula in it. Because you know how, oh, like, wedding... Maybe one, uh, something to take after. I'm sure there's something that you can take after the wedding to make you feel better. Yeah, but, there's like, lots of those I feel too. like a lot of brides don't want to mm. eat the day of their wedding because they're afraid, like, they want to look good in their dress. Or something might upset their stomach yeah. if they're very, this like, aware of what they're... Yeah. But if they could, like, celebrate with the girls yes. and know that they're going to be completely fine... Oh, my gosh, mm. we need to bring this I mean, some science behind that. That would separate us. <laughs> <laughs> I love Riley's. I love that. Actually, a tip, though, guys. If you are worried about feeling bloated, this is what I always did as a dancer because we would worry about filling into our costumes and just feeling, like, fine in our costumes. We would eat tuna fish and cantaloupe because I feel like cantaloupe would help you with, like, the bloating. Anyways. What if you yeah. hate? Do you like cantaloupe? I hate cantaloupe. A good cantaloupe. Tuna fish, though. I know. It's salty and sweet. I know it's really random. I know it's random, but trust me. This is random, but remember when Danny Austin on the podcast (laughs) said that one of her girls signed him up to be a tuna fish? Yes, I listened to that one. Yes. Chicken of the and Sea. Which is so interesting to hear how, like, that got approved, and then they had to, like, go back. Like, that's an interesting, like... Well, if they call it Chicken of the Sea, but the girls still should have had them sign off on it. Yeah, I don't think. And, like, so right now, if there's anyone listening that wants to sponsor our podcast, those also just come to me. So I don't think that would happen. And I don't think Riley would sign me up for something that (laughs) (laughs) isn't on brand. Could you imagine? Okay. What is one myth you want to bust about the wedding industry? Okay, I have a couple of these. I know, guys, I'm sorry. I'm taking a long time to answer. One, you don't need a super long engagement. I get couples now. I just got an inquiry for September of 2025. I can't even process that. It's hard because I love that she wants to plan ahead because I'm like, yes, I am all for that. Let's hoard all of the vendors, the good vendors now. However, the venues aren't even going to be opening their calendars for booking that far out just because I think it's just hard to plan. So that's one. If you want to have a long engagement, I think it's okay. I just just think through, and we already had a podcast about this, but just thinking through, do you really want to be thinking about this one thing, this one day for two years? Because I think a lot of couples are just exhausted and they're just ready to be at the end of the finish line if they plan that long. But you can definitely do a shorter engagement, I think is much more normal, but I think it's hard with people and planning. Two, this is a big one. I'm going to say it twice. There is no such thing as a day of wedding planner. Saying it again, there's no such thing as a day of wedding planner. I think you all know, if you listen to this podcast enough, that there is so much work and planning that goes into the wedding day to make sure it goes off without a hitch. And so if you are hiring someone, and it's fine if you're wanting someone that's not less experienced, but is 
working with you less and not a full service like us. But if you are literally taking everything in your brain that you've been planning for the last 13 months, 12 months, 6 months, if you're planning all of that and then now you are thinking that you can transfer all of that information to somebody else and expect them to be able to direct your vendors it's just not going to happen. They're going to be spending so much time playing catch-up. They're not going to be able to be a good leader and a director on the wedding day because they just haven't been involved. So I think thinking through that, a lot of vendor or a lot of planners offer wedding management, partial planning. I just think if you want someone for less money, and I think that's fine, do what fits with your budget, spend wisely. But just thinking through like what is the process of transferring all the information from you to them so that it goes off seamlessly. But day of, like them literally showing up that day is just not, I think, a good experience for anyone. I think you're setting the planner up for failure, and I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Especially if you're spending money Yes. For so many things. Yes. And then it doesn't get executed the way you wanted it to. Right. Like, you need somebody there that has been with you for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. For sure. And I think the last one, which I, we had a reel on this kind of go viral. But I think just thinking through wedding directories and how you're finding your vendors. And also, like, the, there's, like, Facebook and The Knot and whatever. I just wish that there was more transparency with places like The Knot or Wedding Wire or whatever because a lot of times vendors have to pay to be on those places or I actually like I you know we used to be on The Knot it wasn't a really good fit for us they wouldn't let us cancel our contract and I've tried so now we don't even pay for us to be on The Knot sorry not but I'm not a big fan of you guys but they still have our profile up and they won't let me take it down so we still get inquiries from there, and I still respond to them most of the time, but, like, I don't check the knot because it's not a good fit for us. The knot mm-hmm. is just not being very transparent with where they get their vendors, if they're vetting the vendors, and other wedding directors. I think, like, the whole pay-to-play model, I think, I get people have to make money because it's a business, but I think it's just... The couples don't know about it, and so I think just having more transparency around that would be helpful. Yeah, that's good advice. Okay, so lastly, before we close, we have some rapid-fire questions for you. So say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, I didn't look, I promise. Are you ready? Yes. These are fun. (laughs) Body pump or body combat? (gasps) Oh, that's like picking between my two favorite kids. I would have to say body combat just because it's more of a cardio workout. So you do just, it's like strength and cardio. Mm-hmm. I okay. love them both. Cool. Sweet or salty? Dramatic pause. <laughs> um, I would have to say sweet because I love, yeah, let's go with sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Favorite word? <laughs> this was a Riley question. I wanted to throw you off a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I mean, so my least favorite word is not even my least. I just know, like, other people hate the word moist. I don't really have a problem with it. My favorite word, when I was a kid, I used to like the word obstreperous. What? What is that? What does that even mean? Hold on, I forgot. That's such a Desiree thing, by the way. Desiree's obsessed with grammar and everything. It's actually hilarious. So obstreperous, I like spelling it. So obstreperous means... Too noisy and difficult to control. Also, I was kind of a snob. I dated this one guy, and I used the word facetious, and he didn't know what it meant. And so then I was like, okay, it's like mercurial. And he was like, I still don't know what that means. And I was like, this is done. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I'll stay on the show notes what those words mean. Okay, cool. Favorite podcast? Besides this one, obviously. (laughs) Okay, first podcast that comes to mind, he probably doesn't listen to this, would be Trading Secrets by Jason Tardig. Jason, I still want you to come on the podcast. We talked about this in season two. I'm still going to hunt you down. I still want you, maybe Caitlin, to come on the show and talk to us about finances and couples and weddings. But anyways, moving on. I do like that show because they talk about pay transparency, just money management. This is kind of interesting and fascinating, and they're entertaining. Plus, he's also from Buffalo, so I feel like there's a whole, like, Western New York vibe. Yeah. Okay, love that. Okay, next question. Biggest wedding guest pet peeve? Oh, I hate it when they want to come in early and put down their stuff. Oh, my gosh, that is the worst. Because they haven't, so we... 
guys, it takes work to get those photos of your room to look nice. And so like the, the, guests, the everything set up, like your candles, yes. your tables, your chairs, the whole like vibe of it. And then someone wants to come in and put their jacket down or their purse down. And we're like, no, sorry. It's like a bright red jacket. And the yeah. photographer's it trying to like it. get a final photo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we do have to turn away guests sometimes. Yes. Like, well, you guys we'll guard. For you, yeah. You guys are on our guards just to make sure that the photographer gets the photos that they need. And then we're okay. Yeah. Okay. Biggest wedding vendor pet peeve. Biggest pet peeve with wedding vendors is when they don't look at the timeline or they don't utilize the files that we've given them. So, for example, not to harp on the DJs, we love some DJs, but if we put together and we walk through the script and we give you the pronunciations and then you have a copy of the script that we printed out to give to you and you still don't use it and then you don't follow it and then we go off script, which is fine. Like, I want you to ad lib, but if you don't use the tools that we have given you or... I ask you, hey, do you want to do a site visit so that you can come look at it? And then you're texting me on the day of the wedding and you're like, where do I go? That pisses me off mm-hmm. because I feel like we already spent time. We tried to help you and then you are not utilizing that. And then you're just making it worse for everybody else. Yeah. Least favorite vendors to work with. I guess the most difficult, not least favorite. Because right. we do work with amazing vendors. Yeah. But we- most difficult. Right. I think, yeah, we love our vendors. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hiring you. But, because then you're on my blacklist. But usually the ones that we have the most trouble with, the hardest to corral, is the band. Because there's more of them. And I feel like not all bands, guys. Not all bands are like this. But some bands will not have a band manager. And so it's hard to get in touch with them. They're not on point. And then they're like, hey, can I get some tea right before I go on stage and I'm like you should have just told us this ahead like there's so many times that we have talked about the planning and now you're asking me for hot tea as the caterer is bringing out the food to everybody else we can't do that right so just telling us what your needs are in a rider beforehand that's all I need or if you're being picky about the meal that you're eating I kind of feel like sometimes some bands are feel like they're like the rock stars and we love you guys but your entertainment, you're not Bruno Mars. So, <laughs> sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay, last question. What is the most underestimated cost for a wedding? Ooh, mm, that's a good one. Because I know when I look at these quotes sometimes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this would cost this much. I think a lot of times people get sticker shock with flowers, and then they also get sticker shock with rentals. I think with rentals, it's surprising to them because they just assume that the venue is going to have all the really pretty china, all the really pretty glassware, which a lot of times is just like whatever the standard china is because they have to have something that's going to be very neutral and going to be work with everything from conferences to weddings. And so I feel like that is always surprising. And then flowers. I think people don't realize that you're playing for the labor for people to create the flowers, but also to grow them. And so that is usually a sticker shock. Oh, and also just our our prices. Oh, yeah. I feel like some couples are totally like, that makes sense. You know, that's fine. Other times couples are like, oh, I was planning like a third of what you all charge, mm-hmm. which there are different tiers of wedding planners. And I completely understand that. But I feel like people don't understand that we spend 200, 250, 300 hours on a wedding. And so I was looking up like another planner. And if we charged what she charged, we would get paid $20 an hour. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. They get the work done. And it just wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. So... And there's so much that goes on that nobody knows about. Yeah. But I feel like, like, since I'm an employee, mm-hmm. like, I look at what we charge, and I'm like, that's so cheap. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, we put our heart and soul into it, and then the day of, it's like, from sunup to sundown, oh my you're gosh. working, yeah. and then you get home at 1 o'clock in the yeah. morning. and Right. Yeah. yeah. And no. we talk about, it's like funny, but like we talk about our clients every single day. We do. Like, like we have. <laughs> they're me, like our children. They're literally like our children. Mm-hmm. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> okay. Well, that about wraps it up. This was so fun. Thank you for letting Riley and I co-host. Yes. Thank you. This is fun. Oh my gosh. Yay. They, I, guys, I'm just so excited for 
the hundredth episode, y'all, if you have been listening since the beginning, if you're a vendor or if you are a new couple that's listening, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, for supporting us. We love you. We appreciate you. And hopefully you enjoyed this. If you did, let us know. If you didn't, also let us know. Constructive feedback is always appreciated. But here's to a hundred more. Yay! And that's a wrap for season three. I cannot believe that season three has come to an end, but this season was a big season for us as we recorded 33 full-length episodes for you. Our first season, if you've gone back to it or you're an OG and have been around since the beginning, was about 35 episodes, but we also alternated between a full-length episode, meaning like an interview or me being solo, and a Wedding Wednesday quick tip, which was really only about two minutes. Season three had fuller length episodes, which I honestly liked more because I felt like I could connect with you more personally and just, it was just felt better, I think, overall. The show has definitely gone through some permutations since season one. We have reduced the number of ads and added some segments like this or that. We added our listener reviews and we finally picked a name for our lovers, our listeners. So keep the feedback coming because we definitely listen to it in your reviews on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much for doing all of that. If you have ideas for segments for season four or guests you want to hear on the show for season four, please continue to leave them in your reviews on Apple Podcasts. We are definitely still scheduling interviews with guests over the summer so we can come back with more awesome content for you all in season four in October. The close of season three does not mean we are completely saying goodbye, though. I have already picked several episodes they were going to rebroadcast during our hiatus, because they are so relevant for couples getting married this summer or fall, or if you are recently engaged, or they are our top downloaded episodes of all time and they deserve to be re-aired, or all of the above, actually. We are going to take the month of June off, so if you're listening live, we're going to pause for June because we are just so crazy, but we are going to start our re-airing our episodes in July, so do not fret. We are going to be back. We are not even going to miss us. Maybe you will. I hope you do. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Allie and Riley who came on this week's episode. If you want to hear more of them, let us know in your five-star review on Apple Podcasts too. I love the questions that they asked me. So if you want this to become a recurring thing, definitely let us know. It was always so fun when we get together. We all work remotely. And so when we're together, it's just so much fun. We have monthly, you know, weekly meetings in person on Zoom, but being with them is just always so much fun. Also, shout out to Daniel, our editor, who had to edit this episode. He edits all of our interviewed episodes, but I know that this one was probably a lot harder than our normal episodes, so thank you so much, Daniel, for all of your hard work. For today's episode show notes and links mentioned on the episode, make sure you visit the show notes at verveventco.com forward slash 100. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash 100. And now it's time for our review of the week. Today's review comes from Amanda Chicago. So I'm assuming Amanda lives in Chicago, who writes, great advice for a new bride, five stars. It can feel overwhelming to start the daunting process of planning a wedding. Thank you for your relevant topics and guest speakers. Yay! I'm so glad, Amanda, that you are taking the time to leave that review and that you love the episodes that you've heard so far. Where are you getting married in Chicago? I would love to know. We actually did a wedding there last year. Actually, it was 2021. It's crazy. That was two years ago now. In 2021, for a former colleague of mine, she and I worked together when we lived in D.C., and she moved to Chicago and then knew that she couldn't trust anybody else with her wedding because I was so anal as her supervisor when we worked together. And she got married at the Bridgeport Art Center, which was such a fun space. Definitely very different. The whole warehouse vibe, so fun. So definitely, guys, if you are living somewhere else but want to work with us and you don't live in New York, we would still love to travel to you for your weddings because we just love seeing the world. And honestly, we love connecting with you all. As I wrap up today's 100th episode, I also wanted to give a shout out to Ellen, who edits all of our solo episodes for the podcast, Riley, who helps with our social media, and you, of course, the listener at home, our lover, who tunes in every single week. 
Thank you so much for being with me. I am going to miss you these next couple of months. However, I'm not too far. Make sure you are following me on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast, or we can talk in our DMs and on our reels. Definitely let us know if you want us to add any segments to season four. I feel like some hot takes would be really fun. Not some this or like we'll still keep the this or that if you guys like the this or that, but like any hot topics, hot takes that you guys want us to talk about, or just like talk about really fast at the end of the episodes. Or if you want like a wrap-up of each episode, I know I do a wrap-up anyways, but if you want us to like answer any questions or have Allie or Riley join me to be like, what does this actually mean? Or what do you the listeners need to know from this episode whatever you guys want it would be so much fun i just want to hear what you guys think as always if you ever have a question don't be a stranger hit me up with a dm on ask the planner podcast on instagram or you can call the wedding planning hotline at 585-210-3467 again that's 585-210-3467 or you can schedule a clarity call with me at verveventco.com forward slash clarity I always love hearing from you if you need help in any way you don't want to talk to us in person but you just want to do it on your own totally fine there's always the wedding planning template shop and for all of you that are now shopping for wedding decor because your ceremony or your wedding is coming up or for my vendors out there who want to add to their supply kits we always do it you know every season we're like what else do we need to add because we need we're running out or we like really needed this thing it was traumatic we didn't have it last season we now have an Amazon storefront with all of our favorite supplies. I have shortened the shopping time for you and linked all of our must-have products because honestly, we're just so obsessed with everything. Some items that you may not even realize that you needed, like the awesome rolling kit that we have for all of our supplies and our steamer. Everybody always DMs us about our steamers, which we love. You can find them at verveventco.com forward slash steamers because I definitely have a link to that because it's just like everyone asks us about it. So the Amazon storefront too. If you are getting married this summer, I wish you all of the best wishes. Thank you for letting me be part of your wedding planning journey. I hope this isn't the end, but if it is, I completely understand. Stick around because I would love to still talk to you. DM me on Instagram and let me know how the wedding goes. We are going to have a past listener. So she listened to season three and all the other seasons, and she's going to come on the show for season four and give us a rundown on how it went. So I can't wait for her to join us. If you are newly engaged, definitely keep listening. We have some great episodes coming or obviously binge all of the previous episodes that you have missed i recommend starting with the most recent and working your way backwards because the editing is much better in season three our editing has come a long way since season one because it was both basically me or basically me teaching ellen so we've definitely come a long way but but yeah so until season four i wish you all of the best. I hope to see you over on Instagram, maybe on TikTok at Ask the Planner Podcast, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 